you are listening to the Spiritual Warrior Coach with Barbara Sabin, the podcast for discovering how powerful your wisdom, compassion, and courage is. Get ready to join Barbara and her guests as they explore and offer you advice on how to reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. And now, here's the host of the show, Barbara Sabin. So thank you for joining me today, and welcome to the Spiritual Warrior Coach Podcast. I am your host, Barbara Sabin, and I am here to help you reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. I am a certified clinical and medical hypnotherapist, Reiki master and teacher, energy healing specialist, life coach, and best-selling author of Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Energy Healing. You know, I have been helping my clients for over 35 years, and I always mention to them how important it is for them to think positive and to truly believe in themselves. You know, your mind is going to provide you with your greatest challenges in life because that mind is so very, very powerful. So let's use it for positive thinking, creating harmony, peace, balance, love, happiness, and anything else that you're heart desires, because one day the world will tap you on your shoulder and say, this is your time to shine. And boy, speaking about shining, I'm going to bring on my shining guest right now. And she is truly a light, a very bright light. Hello, Kelly. How are you today? Hi, Barbara. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Believe me, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a long time now, and we're finally doing it. Great. Fantastic. So, you know, let me tell my listeners a little bit about you. Kelly Heffman is a modern fashion business executive who oversees the largest fashion events in the United States. And with her expertise in the business of fashion, trends, styling, and shopping, she has gained valuable insights and understanding of the industry's best practices. And mm -hmm. Kelly's journey up the corporate ladder over the past 17 years has equipped her with a firsthand experience and knowledge, which she is passionately shares to help others achieve their life goals. And as a full-time working single mom of two, Kelly firmly believes in striking a healthy balance between work and home life. And Kelly's commitment to helping others combined with her own experiences make her an invaluable resource in the fashion industry and beyond. So oh. welcome, sweetie. How are you today? You are so sweet. I am great. Happier now to be speaking to you. Gosh, I am your biggest fan. Well, thank you. And I'm yours. I, <laughs> I am. I found you. I remember just like Googling and, and I found you and I listened to you and I read up on, you know, like I need to see Barbara. And luckily you were close by. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just so happy to be here today and honored that you asked me to come on. Well, thank you. You know, I I know you've been in the fashion industry for a long time. How did you get started with all this? Yeah, it's crazy. My mom actually owned a vintage clothing store when I was a kid, and I spent the weekends thrifting and going to estate sales to shop for the store. 
Um, I learned how to mark up, work retail. I worked retail, you know, all through high school and college. And then I eventually started a clothing line once I graduated college um, called Queen, K-W-E-E-N. And it was great. I was in a showroom. I had, you know, the production set. I got into some great retailers. And then at some point I decided I wanted to work in the business side of fashion. So in 2006, I became a customer service rep at the company I'm at today. And now 17 and a half years later, I am still here and I oversee the entire fashion division for our group. So it's been quite a ride. Um, and I love it. I love all aspects of fashion, but now I love all aspects of just operating a business. So that's how, you know, my journey has really evolved. Um, but when people say, you know, what do you do? I really am a leader first. So I lead a group of over 120 people. I love to lead. I love to inspire. I love to help coach, mentor, et cetera. So, um, I really, as, as great as fashion sounds, it's not as sexy my job on the day to day. I don't get to just talk about trends and shopping deals. You know, I'm really operating a large business um, for our North America portfolio and a company that's publicly traded on the UK stock exchange. So it is a, you know, a high job that comes with a lot of, you know, could be stressful. Therefore, I really work to offset that stress or, you know, manage it with different tools, like working with experts like yourself or doing self-care, um, you know, things like taking baths or yoga. And I've, I've really worked on that the past couple of years as my job has become a lot, you know, it's a big job. Yeah. Well, I remember I was a regional sales director for general nutrition centers. Oh, um, so you kind of get the retail. Yeah. The yes. whole retail space. <laughs> Boy, I do supervise hundreds of employees, oh. quite many stores in all different or in all the boroughs. And mm -hmm. yeah, and raising two children. I mean, I was, mm -hmm. you know, married at the time, but he also worked. So I was very grateful to have my mom around the corner to help me oh, with God. that. But it's a, a lot of stress. And if there isn't that work-life balance, boy, you can burn out. It can happen very quickly. Oh, very quickly. And you, so you have to be very intentional about how you spend your time, prioritization. You have to, um, really make sure that you don't spread yourself too thin. I'm lucky enough to have a partner who is supportive. So I, I travel also 30% of the year. So to balance that, the guilt, therefore, there's a lot of work we do um, to make sure that we do our best and we're taking care of ourselves and putting the oxygen mats on ourselves. So yeah, it's it's been a work in progress and I'm still you know working on it all the time. Oh, I can imagine. And uh, yeah. how many hours do you work a, a, a week? Probably a lot. Yeah, it wow. is, but I prioritize. I won't, yeah. I, I took my work email off my cell phone recently. So that was a big one. And I also want to lead by example for my team. So I, I did that so I can be really present. Um, I block out time for whether it's meditation or to eat lunch, because that's hard to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the hours have actually gotten pretty manageable. Um, it's just, it feels like there's could always be so much more. And at the end of the day, I have a really supportive company that I can prioritize. I can delegate. I have a fantastic team. So you have to be disciplined to do it yourself at the end of the day, or else you can work a million hours, right? You know, you run a business, you can mm -hmm. keep going and going. Well, you keep going till you burn. <laughs> yeah. yeah and this hustle culture, it's, yeah. it's yeah. crazy. You know, it's like hustle boss, babe. And it's like, mm, do I have to hustle and be a boss, babe? Can I just be a boss yeah. without the burnout and the hustle. Can we just like have this? Can you be a mom, a full-time mom and not a full-time, but can you be a mom 
and a full-time employee. And, and I think that's the new wave as women are really rising in these larger careers. We're all figuring that out. So it's a moment in time. And hopefully when my, you know, 14 year old daughter is an executive one day, that's been, you know, really figured out. She has an easier journey because we've set the example. Well, that's it. They look, they look up to us. You know, yeah. whether we're a full-time mom or a working mom, you know, it, it right. really depends on how, how we, we raise them. And listen, that's the hardest job. I, I could never be a full-time stay-at-home mom. It's hard. But that is the hardest job of all. Mm-hmm. I give major kudos to all the women out there that can do that. I did that for the first few years. And I thought at one point I would go crazy mm. because I was not used to staying home all the time. You know, and and of course, raising, I mean, no one really taught us how to raise children. So um, it was challenging. Yeah, very selfless. Yeah, yeah, it is. Those mothers who can do that. So uh, I I know you've been, I mean, I know your journey. You've gone Mm -hmm. through a lot of ups and downs Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I know beforehand, I I did ask your permission uh, if Mm -hmm. we can talk about what you've been through. Uh, the past few years, which I know has been really tough. And uh, I know you've been through a divorce, you know, so um, I, I would like to, I, you've been, you were married how long before you decided to, you know, split? Yeah. Um, By the way, I appreciate you asking and I'm happy to be open and vulnerable because I know so many people are going through this and it feels beyond lonely when you're going through it. Mm -hmm. Um, so anything I can do to shed some light on how I got through it or, you know, just make people feel a little less alone. That's I'm here to open up. So, um, I was married for 16 years. I met him in high school. He was my high school sweetheart. We were on and off for a few years after high school. And then, um, I got married at 25, the same year I started my job that I'm still at today. So, um, my my marriage and my work were at the same anniversaries all the time. And you know what? It was just a very nice man. Um, never cheated, always like just loyal. We just grew apart. The end of the day, we were babies when we got married. Mm-hmm. You grow and we grew apart instead of together. We just had different interests, um, a little bit of different values. And I really had different needs that unfortunately we weren't able to meet each other's needs as it got later in life. And so, um, what was important to me wasn't important to him. How I communicated wasn't how he communicated. And there was too many things. So really, you know, for a couple of years there, I was not happy. I had to do everything I could to save the marriage. So there was years of therapy, second chances, fifth chances, a hundred chances, you know, what can I do? I had, to, I wasn't ready until I knew I did everything. Yeah. And, at, you know, I tried to leave a few times and then we would say, oh, we'll work it out. Let's just start over. And then the same patterns would repeat. And then finally, I mean, literally a year ago from now, a year ago, mm-hmm. I said, I'm done. I'm really done this time. I, I can truly say I have tried everything and now I a hundred percent feel ready after two years or more of trying. Um, and so I did, and I, I, it was so hard. A lot of people, and I talk about this on my podcast. Um, I realize now I'm the first one of my friends to get married and the first one to get divorced. I never realized that a lot of people 
leave when they find someone because they're scared to be alone. So they always say, did you meet someone? I'm like, why is that like normal? I, I wish I did. I mean, it would have made it easier, but at the end of the day, I had to leave by myself. I didn't meet anybody. And that was really difficult. Um, and so most people don't leave until they meet somebody, or it takes a lot of courage and bravery to leave without meeting somebody on your own for, cause you're scared of that change. So I did it all on my own. Um, and it was the hardest time, but now being a year out, I have never been more sure of my decision. I rarely meet people who look back and go, gosh, I wish I didn't get a divorce. Like most people, when they get on the other side, they're like, best thing I ever did for myself now was terrible. I broke up the family. I feel guilt. We're going through still transition with the children and, and co-parenting. But at the end of the day, we were not right for each other anymore. And I didn't want to repeat patterns. I didn't want to be in a marriage where I blinked my eyes. Another 10 years went by and I was still unhappy and talking about the same thing. So I had to get the guts to leave and it took years to do it. Quite frankly. I, my daughter went through the same thing, but she yeah. left. She left, um, and they, they were uh, together for, uh, I think, about 10 years. And she left when uh, one of the babies was a year old, and the other one was almost three. Mm. And uh, he just, uh, it was just not good. And yeah. she finally uh, was done, the way you said. And she walked out, and she said, that was it. I, I'm done. I, I'm done with the, you know abuse. I'm done with all this craziness. And it's time for me to uh, step away because she didn't want the kids to see all this. That's right. You end up thinking, I'm not setting a good example for my kids. Mm -hmm. So my kids were at the awkward ages of, you know, 11 and 14. Yeah. I felt like I should, should I wait? Or I should have done it when they were little and they wouldn't remember this. They're, I'm going to really put them through it. It's, it's junior high years. So terrible years. But I think that you realize you're already alone. What am I scared of? I'm already alone in the marriage. I already live alone. Maybe he's in the home, but I I do everything on my own. I feel alone. I'm not getting the support I need. What am I really scared of at the end of the day? And once you take that jump, you grieve. Obviously the grieving process is a whole thing, but you get through it. And then you realize you made the right decision for yourself. So kudos to your daughter too. It's not yeah, well, I, I think a lot of women... And I say most because the majority are my the my women clients versus men, maybe one or two, but it's the most of the women feel so guilty about leaving uh, before the kids say graduate high school or and they wait, you know, they they wait a long time and then then they realize, well, why did I wait? But they waited because they were afraid the kids would take it very bad. But children are very smart. They know if there's something going on in the household. Oh, we literally told our kids and my daughter started crying and I go, oh, baby, are you okay? And she goes, these are happy tears. I've been waiting for this. You've been, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she was 13. Oh no. Yeah. 13. And it's like, she wanted it. And that broke my heart. So I'm like, why didn't I do it earlier? You know, it's like, even she feels relieved. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, because we, it, it's the unknown. We're not sure. Will we hurt them more if we leave or if we stay, there's all these could have, should have, would have that drives sure. us at actually insane, you know, insane. Uh, un until we finally say, all right, I, I, there's no, there's no real right time, you know, mm -mm. for, for the children. So the mm -mm. thing is to it's never uh, a good time. That's right. Yeah. There, there isn't, there's no mm -mm. good time, no bad time. So, um, 
the thing is to step away, I, I feel, before it gets really out of control in the household. That's right. Yep. So now, how how did you cope? You know, did, mm. did you step out of the house? Like, how did you cope with all this? So, um, well, I coped in unhealthy ways leading up to then finally making the decision. And then I got really healthy. So I recently on my podcast talked about like the 10 things I did mm-hmm. to get through that hard, hard time of leaving the marriage, the marriage coming to an end while I was grieving and going through it. And these 10 things really helped me. And um, I'll start by saying I leaned into my spirituality a lot because, you know, that I'm, I was born Jewish. Wait, ready for this? I was Jewish and he was Mormon. It's like a joke, like a Jew and a Mormon. Like, this is like the interfaith marriage, but we were both not very religious, Uh but we both like had faith and believed in something, but we didn't go to, uh, you know, a congregation together. So I became really spiritual as I was going through tough times. I would say I had my awakening in like 2019. And I leaned into that and I, there was 10 things that I did that I wanted to share with folks to get through that hard time. And it's not even just going through a divorce or ending a long relationship. It's like losing your job, which was your identity or, you know, the loss of somebody important. I think these 10 things that I did could apply to any of, you know, and they're very practical. So I'll give you a few examples. Um, I just leaned into that. I had to feel everything in order to heal. And that's the hardest thing, right? So you have said this to me before, as I've been with you, you you just have to feel things. And then the more you feel, the more you'll heal. And so one of the things I talk about out of the 10 is stop self-medicating. That could be overeating. That could be drinking, whatever your vice became. Cause I was self-medicating those last couple of years. I mean, the drinking got out of control. It's like, it started with a glass of wine at night. Then it was two glasses. Then it, I was almost finishing a bottle. And I, it's like what I was doing to cope with the sadness and the pain, or I was eating fast food six times a week. And, you know, and before I knew it, I was like living such an unhealthy lifestyle. Well, that was all self-medicating to make myself feel better to band-aid the feeling. So I think what you need to do is stop self-medicating. And that is hard. You have to acknowledge what you're doing and come to terms that you are not just having a glass of wine. This has gotten out of control or you're drinking every night or you're, you know, taking your Xanax six, you know, six times a week instead of one. Like, I don't know what it is for people, but usually we self-medicate because we don't want to feel the pain. So you've got to stop that. Yeah. It, and, and I've noticed that with a lot of my clients that they tell me that they're either now on medication or they're turning towards uh, marijuana to get high, to forget about things or Take the edge off. Yeah. Or the wine or going out drinking. And then they, they ended up that very intoxicated and they hate themselves afterwards. So <clears throat> it's important to, without a doubt, you know, it, it's, Many times it's it's right here in our face, and of course we we it's very hard to acknowledge something that hurts us. But mm-hmm. if we don't really feel it and acknowledge it and say, okay, I know you're here, I I have to deal with this situation instead of self medicating, like you said. How can you finally you you can't heal? You cannot heal. No, you kind of look at it like this. 
people who get out of a long relationship and just jump into the next one, right? They really didn't grieve the loss of the relationship. They right. didn't, right. you know, feel it and heal to be better, reflect, whatever that was. They just band-aid it with the next person for attention. It's the same thing. We just need to allow ourselves to feel what's really going on. But this is not easy. I acknowledge it. So another thing I did, which you were a part of, they call it, have you ever seen the movie The Avengers? Oh, yeah, that's an oldie. Yeah. Okay, uh -huh. so like the Avengers, you know, you assemble your Avengers, like mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. all these superheroes. And I joke, like I assembled my team of Avengers, my team that was going to be my support system. So knowing I was going to go through the hardest time in my life, like how am I, I can't do this on my own. You have to admit, like you're going to need help. Mm -hmm. So I had a therapist that I saw every week, sometimes twice a week. I saw you for healing that gave me a lot of hope and relief. Um, I had a safe space in my sister-in-law. She was my go-to person that supported me on my family side. So there was these kind of groups, this group of people that I could count on that gave me support, that gave me advice, that gave me healing. Um, and that is so important for people to do. So a lot of people, um, whether that's a friend, a coworker, a family member, if you have the means to get therapy, there's a lot of free resources too. Um, I think that's really important is to get asked for help and, and, and when you're sad, not be alone and, and yeah. lean on people. And, and that's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign. Oh, of it's strength. a sign of strength. That's yeah. right. To, to, to sort out you know, to seek out someone that can help you and someone that you feel you can trust to, you know, to sit and talk to. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, a couple of the other things that I did during, because sometimes you don't have access to physical people or the money to pay for people, you have all this incredible content online, whether it's podcasts, support groups, mm -hmm. um, books that really bring you comfort I got into podcasts and I felt so much less alone because I was listening to podcasts like yours and mine where it's, you know, talking about things like we are today. And I felt less alone or it gave me resources or it gave me validation. And I would then join the podcast support group. And then there was women like me that were going through exactly what I, or, or that were on the other side that said, girl, you got this. And like, you can get to the other side and life is going to be so good. And so there's all these resources that you can access now. And that's the beauty, you know, follow the people on social media that are inspiring. And you have to really lean into that to feel less alone and get the, get the advice and support you need um, with the people that are resonating with you. Obviously some people you might, it's not your thing, but the ones who you value, I mean, a lot of spiritual gurus I started following that were inspiring, you know, that would say things like, you know, you got to just get through this hour. You got to get through this next day. And I, they were just, okay, today, today, I just hour by hour, Kelly. And then all of a sudden it was, you know, I was getting through a week and I was like, oh my God, I got through a week, you know, and, and I just <laughs> needed that free advice a lot too, ongoing when I couldn't see you or my therapist or my best friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Because you're not alone. So many mm -hmm. people are going through this you know, whether it's divorce or losing with someone we love, grieving is huge. Huge. And and it, it hurts. And and mm -hmm. we feel alone or empty, but but we're not if if we sought out someone that can help us. And and the, the podcast nowadays that I tell you podcasting is probably one of the greatest things that, that has ever happened because then you know you're not alone and you can listen to 
other people's. It's not that we want to hear other people's problems, but we want to hear how they've gotten through certain situations. You know, yeah, this very time. specific resources or practical tips were mm-hmm. key for me at that time. Mm-hmm. But I also got a lot of validation in like some of like the specifics in my marriage um, that I didn't really realize were an issue until I, oh my gosh, like that's a thing. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. So that was really cool. Yeah. We're not crazy. You know, when we finally decide, well, what, I, we, I'm done, you yes. know, I mean, I have two children that both have gone through divorce and, you know, I was there for both of them. You know, if you needed my help, I'm here, um, that it's okay, uh, to walk away from someone that you feel is just not a match anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, don't stay in a, a, you know, a situation where you're not happy because mm-hmm. have, you know, of course we need to find our own happiness within ourselves. That's but right. if, if you're in a marriage and you're with someone, it, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing if you can have happiness within the both of you. And mm-hmm. if there isn't that, then, you know, it maybe it's time to really say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. And the thought of it's, it's really grieving the loss of what you thought you were going to be. Yes. Yes. Because you're not really losing a lot on the day to day, what that marriage was. It's what you thought you were going to be. And that's the devastation or that's what it was for me. Right. Well, yeah. You think you're going to have a lifetime with this person, you know? Yeah. And I thought this is my person. There's shame around it. And I think that's so natural. Um, just a lot of shame and guilt around the failure. Now, did, were your parents, uh, when, when you told them, how did they react? Really bummed. They, so both of our parents were high school sweethearts as were we, Okay, you know, um, and I think they were bummed because they loved him. He's a great person. And I had to really explain, but they also were through the journey with me and saw the ups and the downs and how hard I tried. And so at the end of the day, although they were sad, and they had to grieve the loss too, right? Of what we were. Um, they were super supportive and I'm very grateful for that. I think it's more for for my parents, at least. They're, they were worried about me being alone now. And now what's this journey going to look like? For some reason, it gave them security. I was in the house with somebody and I wasn't alone. And I think the thought of like, oh gosh, you're going to live by it yourself. And now you're, how are you going to like do these things that you depended on him? And how's this going to work with like your career? And they had more anxiety than I did on that stuff. And I was like, I'm good. Like I've got this. And they almost like felt like expected it to be so much worse after. And I was so happy that it was like shocking. Like I, I understand that I went through that with my daughter. You, you know, did. Okay. Oh my, she has a one-year-old and a three-year-old. How's she going to do this? How's she going to do this? And I'm a 45 minute drive. How am I going to help? And now she's by herself. All these crazy thoughts go through the fear. Yeah, it's fear. It's fear. As as a mother, you get it. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's fear and and you get it. And then all of a sudden, you know, us women are so strong. We, We do it. We figure it out. We'll ask for help if we need it. We'll cry if we need it, but um, we're really strong. And I think it's very natural for them to be fearful. I also think it's really important to show up in a way where you don't also make the person going through it fearful. Like I didn't want the fear put onto me and like, wait, should I be worried? Should you know? So you have to be careful when you're supporting somebody going through this to make sure, how can I be there for you? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think 
anybody who's grieving or going through a loss of anything, how can I show up for you? You let me know. Yeah. Um, instead of just like, almost like it, it's like, I don't know, like when my friend lost their child, I was like obsessively checking in. That's not good. I was giving her probably more anxiety. Because well, we're worried. That, we yeah. worry, but that's a lot on the person who's going through the grief. They need you to just give them a minute. Everybody's kind of, and so that's the hardest part for those who are supporting somebody who's going through something, I think. I know. <laughs> it's so a, hard. <laughs> I do it know, too. Yeah. I, I had no, you know, I just, oh my, what am I going to do? So, you know, I, of course I took the kids on the weekend. She, she started getting into uh, yoga at night. So I, I tried to be as supportive as I can. Plus I was working, you know, at the Four Seasons Hotel at the time. So, right. and 45 minute drive, but I still made sure when she needed me, I, I can run over there and, and help out and That's have amazing. them sleep here, you know, to, and, and come here. And it, it worked out fine. It, it all worked out. I think I was, uh, as you said, the parents, the mom, especially the mom, I think, becomes yeah. more fearful of everything else than anything else. And the child, yeah. ended, my, she ended up being just fine. That's right. There, I have. I swear, I have never met somebody, Barbara, that ever regretted mm -hmm. getting the divorce. The one who maybe made the decision, never. No, it's uh, always been like, yeah, they're they're, they're happy. That's they right. said they finally that they're free to be who they're meant to be. Um, mm -hmm. they're, they're able to do things that they were never able to do before. They don't have somebody, especially if they're married to a narcissistic individual or someone who's very controlling you know they're finally able to live their life That's and so and true. and not walk on eggshells all the time it's yeah it's exhausting no. um it's like you feel free and it's you get a second chance at love did she remarry yes she remarried five years ago she uh now now my granddaughter is 21 and Caden is uh he's uh 19 so she waited waited a while and she ended up uh, finding somebody um, where she works. And, and then it, it worked out beautifully. They dated though for five years because she said she would not get married again. So, and he had four children. So um, then they, they became a family of six when they finally decided to uh, get together. But yeah, it's working out beautiful. She's happy, he's happy. Um, and he was one that walked away from his wife with four children. You know, it's so in, interesting. I feel like if you make the, there's a lot of them around emotional intelligence. If you make the choice and you have high emotional intelligence, I feel like emotional intelligent folks gravitate towards each other. And I'm sure they both really have that. Um, mm -hmm. I, you just, you're so awakened to, you know, that emotional abuse of whatever she went through with the narcissist or the controlling. And then you, you know, you never want to go back there. So then you gravitate towards these people who maybe went through something similar or, and I don't, that's not um, trauma bonding. Trauma bonding is something totally different. But I think when people have gone through similar situations, it's a really beautiful thing that they come together. They have similar values, needs, the way they think emotionally or what they want, how they communicate. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then they know what it is that they don't want the second time. Right. Right. So, you know. know, you got a whole list. Yes. A whole list. Yeah. And it was a big list, but it, it's good because then it makes you more mindful, more aware of, of what you're really looking, you know, for, for a partner 
That's right. You no know? settling. Yeah, no uh-huh. settling. No. No. And a lot of the um, clients that I see now, they tell me they're dating and they can see now the red flags and they immediately walk away. Wow. Yeah. So that's a beautiful thing to hear that they're really not, cool. they don't get stuck, you know, in that yeah. same uh, uh, routine. I love that. That's so that's you have to be very strong because there's a lot of times that you're in love or something you're, or you're smitten or in lust and you can look away. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to have a, you know, fun, good time, but, you know, just be more mindful and aware of what you're really looking for out there, because there's a lot of people that, you know, say who they are and they're not really who they are. So uh, it's, it's, it's not easy out there. Let's put it that way. I know. But then I think to myself, there's nobody, nobody's perfect. No, nobody's perfect. They're not going to meet all 15 things. Right. No. And so I think it's where their gaps are, are those manageable or bearable for you? Are they your non-negotiables, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it a non-negotiable or I'm like, I can tolerate that. Yeah. Just be a little flexible. I say, yeah, <laughs> you know, f- figure it out a little bit. Don't run to the, co- you know, jump to conclusions sometimes. You know? Yeah. But, um, right. So you, I, I know you spent time, you know, uh, in solid, you, you meditate, right? I do. So um, a few other things that I did. Um, I did a ton of meditation. I'm, you know, a wild extrovert who can't sit still. So had to learn how to do that and just stop my brain from overthinking about the sadness or whatever I was going through, the anxiety of being alone. Um, So the meditation helped. I would make, you know, very conscious breaks throughout my day to do it. Um, I started yoga like your daughter. That was life-changing just to move my body again and feel healthy. So I think whether, whatever it is, if you don't like to work out, if it's walking or being in nature, yoga, the moving my body, the meditation, um, I would do this journaling technique from Gabby Bernstein called Rage on the Page. I'm not a big journaler, but what Rage on the Page was, was exactly what it sounds like. When you felt so overwhelmed with sadness or anger, you would just go crazy on a page, just let it all out. Like you were screaming at somebody mm-hmm. and then you would do it for 20 minutes and you take those papers and throw it out, burn it, whatever. And it was such a great release. It was a form of healing for me, just like getting it out in therapy or crying. It's like that rage on the page. So the more I could feel it, I would heal. And the solitude was really interesting because like the meditation, it was hard for me to be alone and quiet and not numb the pain with keeping myself busy or overworking or meeting girlfriends all the time. So I would take these trips intentionally, whether it was one night or three nights to just be with me. And that was the best thing I did because I really learned to love being with me and depending on just me and loving myself and finding myself. And the only way you do that is to really spend time in solitude. So I talk a lot about being lonely versus really taking advantage of that as a great opportunity. So even if it's a few hours at your house that you're like, oh, I'm going to be so lonely on Saturday night. I have no plans. Like this sucks. Like, no, 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 wait. Like, let's choose again. Mm-hmm. Actually, Saturday night I can take a bath. I could journal. I could listen to music. I could just sit and like manifest or meditate, whatever that is. Um, these things are hard, but all these things prioritizing yourself, doing them, being disciplined, feeling the pain is what will truly get somebody to the other side. And it's not easy. It takes work and you're not going to be perfect at it. You're still might have a week where you drink 
a little too much, or, you know, you're keeping yourself busy because you don't want to feel it. Or, you know, you're, you're just like, oh, I don't want to see my therapist this week or whatever it is. It's going to happen. But if you prioritize all these things, eventually, like I said, you go from living hour to hour to day to day to week to week. And then all of a sudden you're like, shoot, my life is pretty good. I am happy Mm -hmm. and I can just be with me. And I don't, that, what was I even doing? You know, (laughs) I know. I I mean, I, for myself, I love being with just me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, I love just going into my space here and, or in my office and, and just sitting for like maybe an hour or two. I may not write, I mean, most of the times I'm writing something, but even if I just do not do and nothing and just mm-hmm. sit and and silence my my mind and i love many times by silent, silencing my mind all these um like intuitive uh, thoughts start coming and it gives me more to write about you know because it's mm. like a download you could say but it's a beautiful feeling to be able to just be with yourself and love yourself and respect for yourself for who you are and if you didn't have that, because you identified yourself with a person and you were dependent on them to make you happy, it does take time. But if yes. but that is really the key to happiness is self-love. Yeah. And I know everybody says it, all the gurus say it, all the inspirational leaders, but it's really the truth. It is. I know for, for me, it took me a, a, a very long time Um to actually look at myself in the mirror and say, Barbara, I truly love you. Uh, Because I've been through so much going back quite many years ago. And when I finally looked in the mirror and looked in my eyes and said, you know, Barbara, I really do love you is when I truly healed. I love that. That is so amazing. When I healed, you know, it was all about acceptance and forgiveness and and grief and, you know, loneliness and everything else, but, and all the crazy things that I have did in my life to actually hurt my family at one point. And, but I always used to re, you know, it's, it's funny through all the really challenging hard times I've been through, you know, I always remember my grandma always telling me, no matter what you go through, the most important thing is to look at yourself and still love yourself and know that mm. this too shall pass. Mm, that is the best advice. Yeah. And it it did. I mean, it took a while for my stuff that I did, but it does pass, you know, it does. Uh, and, and we have to love ourselves and we have to respect ourselves and, and self-care is so important, you know, at, without feeling guilty that that you're taking an hour to go for a massage or an hour that you want just to be by yourself or go for a walk and so many women or go for a solo trip having kids and leaving for a solo trip Mm -hmm. I felt so guilty but at that point it was survival now Mm -hmm. it's a choice that I make and I say you know what mommy needs some time like I'm gonna go spend a night by myself whatever that might or a day Mm -hmm. be a day trip um and yeah. you're setting a very good example for your children mm-hmm. to know that it's okay to do something like that and not to feel guilty about it. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Oh, <laughs> we sure. all of our kids look at I hope so. One day they're they're proud of me and, and feel like I set a good example for them. Well, that's it's important. I always say, you know, we try to do the best we can for our children. I mean, my my I have a 50-year-old son and a 48-year-old daughter. And I look back and I say, wow, wow, that's you know, and all these grandchildren. Um, 
but I look at them both and I say, I'm, I'm happy that they found themselves mm. and they're good parents, but most importantly, they're, they're good, they're good people. They're good souls. Mm, I love that. Well, I wonder why. Look I at who know. they came from. I had from. something to do with it a I, little bit. I don't think pretty it, incredible. They found it's their way, incredible. you know. I can't so. imagine, yeah, how much you've touched me just in the two or three, four sessions we had and the conversations, the handful of conversations. I can't imagine what your parenting style was and how cool that must have been for them. Well, they probably would tell you I'm crazy, but <laughs> <laughs> all of us have a little crazy. Yeah, we all have a little crazy, but yeah, I I really uh, you know get try to give advice without with, with having them know that it's always their choice. Mm. That you know I can just say something for whatever reason, but you always have the free will and choice to do what you feel you need to do for yourself. Because Gosh, it's not, it's not about me, way. you know, it's about, it was, it's about them and about that's children. The best advice. Cause a lot of times we, as parents make it about us and what we want and our fears. And I think that is the best advice you could give somebody. Oh yeah. I, mean, I remember like for myself growing up, I always wanted to be a policewoman. You know? <laughs> I'm growing up in Brooklyn was a little tough, but um, uh, my father would always tell me, no, you can never be a policeman. You know, um, so I ended up working in a hospital uh, and ended up in the healthcare. you know, even though I knew at the time I was a healer. But in my mind, being a, a policewoman uh, was sort of the same as being a healer because you were helping, you know, people, but in a mm -hmm. different way. But mm. uh, yeah, but uh, when I look back, I see myself, well, I'm, well, I'm happy that he told me no. But, um, you know, and I chose a different path completely. Mm -hmm. But um uh, in, in a way, you know, I, I, I then realized I needed just to be who I was. Yeah. Oh, I love that you're authentic to yourself. That's you great. Yeah. So and important. I, and, and it's so important for you. I'm sure you're very authentic, you know, extremely. I to know a you. fault. To a fault. <laughs> Wonderful. I bet, you, I bet your employees love you. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely take a very authentic, transparent approach as a leader, um, maybe a little bit too much at times. So I have to rein it in. And, you know, remember, they're not, you know, they're my friends, some of them, but I have to also keep it professional. So yeah, yeah but, but I'm sure you probably give them affirmations and things that they can do to help themselves and, and all yeah, that good stuff. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely. A, it's a nice thing when we, we, you know, want to help others. Mm -hmm. And they and they accept they feel it. it. Mm -hmm, they feel it. Yeah. I remember as when I was a regional, I would always give my employees affirmations, you know, and they would look at me as it say, what are you doing? What is this? But, you know, over time, those that remembered would call me and say, you know, it, I, whatever you said at that time, I may not have needed then, but now I remember it now and I needed it now. Oh. So yeah, it, you just don't know who you're going to touch over the years. It must be so rewarding. Yeah, it is. You know, especially in, in this, you know, what I do now is very extremely, it's not a job. It's my purpose and passion in life. And, you know, I just turned 75 and I figured, and I have friends that tell me, when are you going to retire? Well, <laughs> this isn't about retirement. This is, this is who I am. And I love doing this. And it's, you know, and it's what I'm, what I've signed up in life to do. And so, oh. uh, 
you know, why, why would you give up something you love? Right. That's we like, should all be so lucky. Well, you will be, <laughs> you are. Yeah. To find <laughs> something we many, love many, like that. That's beautiful. You got yeah, many, many hopefully. more years. So, so you're off and running, you know, in the fashion so business and stuff. I, that's has to be so exciting. You know, it really, been here for so many years. So I'm very lucky too. I have a beautiful job, a great team. Um, it really is something that motivates me and I feel inspired and it doesn't get old. No. So I feel very lucky and I, I have, I never take it for granted. Well, that's a beautiful thing. So, you know, where can my list? I, you have a website and you have a new podcast, right? The custom made podcast. That's right. I do. Um, I just launched it. This is more of, it has nothing to do with work. It's really my passion project. Um, having authentic conversations like this about all things, practical tips around anything with, you know, finances or spirituality, all the way to talking about, you know, the divorce and just really relatable topics to help people feel um, a little less alone mm -hmm. and for them to get resources to just live their best life. So we really cover career, personal, professional, professional relationships, all the things. So um, I've been lucky enough to have you and that beautiful guided meditation that you did. I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Thank you. And I've had, you know, financial wealth advisors. I've had business owners, um, you know, a lot, I'm going to have a couple therapists coming up. So it's called the custom made podcast. It's also a show on YouTube and I just hope everybody gets to enjoy it and loves it and gives me a lot of feedback. Well, I know I enjoy it and I love it and I listen to it whenever you put it out. It, it's it's weekly, you. right? Or yeah, it's every week. It's every week. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. Cause it, it pops yeah. up on my Instagram all the time and I say, Oh, it's time to listen. <laughs> yeah. And we put a lot of inspirational content out on Instagram. Um, so it's really about building a community here. Yeah. Because yeah, we have to know we're not alone. That's right. Exactly. So thank alone. you. I mean, I I'm so grateful that you came on mine. I get to come on yours and I'm just so glad I have met you. Oh, me, believe me, me too. So Kelly, where, where can everyone find you? Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm a total Instagram junkie. So Instagram is always great. DM me. I will reply back or my website. You can email me. So my Instagram is Kelly Helfman, um, K-E-L-L-Y-H-E-L-F-M-A-N or the podcast is a custom made podcast, or you can go to my website, kellyhelfman.com and all the information's there. And I love to just talk to people anytime. Well, thank you. I, I am so happy that you said yes to me today. I mean, oh gosh, <laughs> I would never say no. Are you kidding me? Well, I know I, I, I said to myself, now nah, she's not going to say no, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, you knew I wasn't, yeah, I intuitive know. Enough. you know, I'm so grateful for everything you've done for me with your healing and inspiration. Uh, I will show up anytime you want me. Well, thank you. And I'm sure I'll probably have you on again. And we'll talk about maybe just fashion this time. <laughs> like, yeah. but you, I, it's funny because I, I know on yours, you, you asked me what my, um, you, you ask yes. a question, what your fashion is or. Um, yeah, just because I'm fashion yeah. and it's called custom made. I mm -hmm. ask everybody their favorite fashion trend right now. And I know, I, I think I, I um, spoke about my uh, hippie days. <laughs> Oh, so good. The trends from those days. Yeah. The best. Yeah. They, they, they actually were, but, um, 
I can't wait to w- listen to my podcast once you put me on. <laughs> yeah, I think you're coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, well, thank you so much for everything. And um, gee, you know, a big thank you to my listeners. And I Ooh. truly hope that you heard what you needed to hear. And your presence and commitment to your own growth and empowerment inspire actually me every single day. So Mm -hmm. keep nurturing your positive thoughts and self-belief, for they are the keys to unlocking your fullest potential. And embrace the challenges as opportunities and trust in the beautiful, unique souls that each and every one of you are. So always remember that your time to shine is not a distant dream. It's a reality waiting to be lived. So just embrace it, embody it, and allow your light to shine. And I thank you so much for joining me today on the Spiritual Warrior Coach Podcast. And uh, until we meet again, this is Barbara signing off. Uh, But I want to just say just one more thing, though, (laughs) until actually we meet again. Stay empowered, stay inspired, and keep being that spiritual warrior that each and every one of you are. So, okay, bye for now, and have a wonderful week filled with love and light. Bye.